welcome to Calling Useful Idiots, the uh, after show party, the hottest after show party at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. If you were with us at um, on YouTube, you saw we had a pretty great um, uh, YouTube show, great Monday morning. And of course, Monday morning is where we react to the Sunday morning news shows that we watch so that you don't have to. Just waiting for Aaron to come in. Also, make sure you tweet this out, Facebook it out, Instagram it out, get the word out, because this is a pretty fun call-in, and that's always good. So as soon as uh, we get some, well, as soon as uh, Aaron comes in, we'll start. There he is. And also, uh, yeah, make your, uh, get in line to ask your questions. Uh, But Aaron, we don't have any callers in right now, because I think, oh, we do, we got Sterling. So we're going to start, we're going to take our first call call from Sterling. And remember, guys, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Useful Idiots. Subscribe to uh, the podcast. Rate and review the podcast. Like our videos. And uh, subscribe to either Substack, uh, UsefulIdiots.substack.com. Or if you prefer locals, UsefulIdiots.locals.com. And you can find us every morning, Monday morning at uh, YouTube.com slash Useful Idiots. Okay. Sterling, welcome <laughs> Good morning, useful idiots. You know, the one thing I thought about that I was missing yesterday, and I don't know your thoughts on it exactly, Katie, but when I was watching that rally, I was like, I would really love to hear Katie speak here today. So, yeah, I something yeah. about you just made me, I just missed you at that rally. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm under the weather, as you can probably tell from my voice, but I also, I didn't get invited. So maybe if I had, I would have spoken. I probably could have asked to speak, but anyway, thanks Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why you weren't. Um, and, you know, I don't know if we always need to wait for an invitation, but you're in a different position than I am. I'm just like a little person. So um, I, I just wish you'd been there. So anyway, the today's spin and your show just has me so thoroughly disgusted because I can't get over the insult to even the average American. I mean, nobody's buying this garbage and they keep throwing it at us day after day after day. And it's just it's mind boggling. Like I can't, like, I honestly feel like I can't even take it anymore. Um, actually, I think I just saw, did, um, Tara Reed, is she, I think she's in the, um, lineup here or she's listening. Yeah. Um, she's she, oh yeah. yeah Tara is in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, yeah. And I was so glad to see her yesterday. I thought, um, and I talked about that with Aaron a little bit last night, um, how hopeful I am about that because only public opinion is, or public outrage is going to change this. These people are a train wreck. And um, I, like I keep saying, every time I call, the arrogance is just completely off the chain. And I don't know what we're thinking in anything we're doing right now. I don't know how we are suddenly possibly at war with two nuclear superpowers. And we think in any way, shape or form that that is something that is um, advisable, winnable, moral, anything. I don't know what's yeah. happened anymore here. But um, anyway, still psyched about the rally. Glad I could call in. And I hope you guys have a really beautiful day. Thanks, Sterling. All right. No war, Chris. Good morning. I was uh, looking back through some old call-ins where I've called in with you guys. And Aaron, we haven't said it in a while, but call in. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to touch a little bit on what we talked about last week, Katie. Uh, just just for a second. Um, yeah. it, it seemed to be, well, I'll just say that it sounded like you were trying to call me a KKK member or whatever. No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. And no, no, well, no. I mean, I, I called on. in to discuss a specific, and you go into an abstraction about uh, KKK yeah. grandmasters, and I, I don't know where there's space for that um oh okay it, did you watch our did you watch our uh interview with chris hedges or listen to it no but i watched chris hedges speak yesterday okay well hold on please did you read his article on why he was speaking there uh i did not okay so he laid out in his piece that there were certain red lines that's all i was saying Okay, and that's well, a very I coherent thing to do. I was asking a very specific question about about and referencing who I thought was problematic. And um, certainly on the Scott Ritter, there's no, just to correct the record of what you said last week after I got off, uh, there are no allegations of, of Scott Ritter having physical contact with anybody under the age of 18. Yeah, I didn't say that there was allegations of that. So you're incorrect uh, there. Uh, 
in the chat you did. So anyway, no, I said that there was he was trying to meet up with someone was the allegation. If you can show me a screenshot of that, then I'll uh, take it back. But I don't think I said that because I've never thought that. Well, I guess I think that you needed to just say that there are red lines and I'm not talking about that question. But you can't just on my call in or anywhere, honestly, say that it's like for some reason inappropriate to raise the question of red lines. And that's why someone like Chris Hedges addressed that in his piece. And that's what you could have done, but maybe you, and, I, and but it's projection to say that my raising the KKK, which is something a very serious person like Chris Hedges preemptively raised in his piece when he laid out who he wouldn't have had there, who, who he wouldn't have spoken with. This is a, an important issue that the left has to grapple with. That's what I was saying. He grappled with it. I don't think you'd accuse him of, accuse pe- him of saying that he was accusing people of going there of being, uh, vi- uh, calling for violence, which was the people he was laying out that he would not have spoken with. He also yeah. said that there were people who spoke there who he wouldn't have invited to speak. Yeah, there's people there that I wouldn't have asked Good, to speak okay. as well. Absolutely agree with that, and I was clear about that last week. Um, All right, but, but I am anyway, allowed to my... raise a question about red lines without you thinking that I'm accusing you of being a KKK supporter. That was like, I, well, I don't know I where mean, that came from. I don't know why. Move to an abstract question. Yeah, you I keep saying that. Specific. I've explained to you that the question of red lines. So anyway, is totally I want to. I, I just wanted to ask you one question, Katie. Do you think that the and or the ACLU should have defended the Nazis at at Skokie? Yeah, is it, Chris, is it right to defend I, something? Yeah, can I finish my question? Can I finish my? Yes, I do think that they should have defended them. Can I ask? Can I just finish my question? So okay. Is it right to align with people on serious issues like freedom of speech and anti-war, regardless of how egregious their views are on other things? That's is a very right? poor analogy. With all due respect, how that's is- a poor analogy. There's a diff. First of all, okay, you want to go to the abstraction. That's fine. That's what you're doing now. And that's fine because I did that last week. And although you don't allow me to do that because of your weird rules of engagement, I I'm allowing you to do that. Now, here's why that's a stupid analogy, Chris, with all due respect. I would defend the right of people to do things legally if I were an ACLU lawyer. That doesn't mean I would do something with the KKK or Nazis. So I think you were trying to get an well, own there. And did the did. ACLU go to court with those people, defend those people, right. stand well, up for is, their rights? Is, Isn't... No, no, no. Hold on, Chris. There's a difference between being in a political coalition with someone and defending them through the court of law to have the right to do something. I think... There are arguments that can be made to push back on things I've said. The one you've come with, though, is not the right one. Sorry. With all due respect, I disagree. And I think that's stupid, as you just called me. Thank you, Katie. I that mean, is, uh, I didn't call you stupid. I said that was a stupid argument, which it is. Because you can defend <laughs> defending the, the KKK and Nazis' right to rally and still say you're not going to be in coalition with them. And that's a very easy thing to do. Aren't you, you in say, coalition with somebody you, when you go to court on their behalf? And no. They, I'm, okay, I, I, I disagree. I disagree. We have a fundamental disagreement. And this I is a semantics it. question, but it's very. I, su- I suggest that you read Chris Hedges' piece, and I, I think they'll clarify a lot. But I don't think you'd find, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone saying I'm in coalition with the ACLU by defend. By, I mean, with with KKK by defending their right to do something. That's very different from speaking at a rally that they were allowed to speak at. And again, you can argue this with Chris Hedges. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Yep. Let me uh, weigh in. Um, you know, I can defend OJ's right to a fair trial without saying that OJ Simpson is innocent. That's, right. you know, there's a distinction between recognizing. I mean, yeah, being I, I'm not in coalition with. The, right. Sorry. Well, I'm not in coalition with OJ if I defend his right to a fair trial. Yeah. And uh, let's move on to Mary. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Hi. Hi, Katie and Aaron. Uh, good example. I might sound nervous. I'm nervous to be <laughs> on the radio, but um, I really enjoy your show. And I kind of have this idea that what we need is to teach more, teach democracy. Like maybe at like the high school and um, community college level, uh, if we would just have more civics classes and make it free and maybe have debating societies like we used to um, from way long ago, then people can learn the Constitution, 
learn about free speech, practice those skills, and we might get better leaders because we have really crappy ones. So that's it. Yeah, that's amen to that. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Amen. Okay, Brian. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Been a while since I've been on here. Um, you know, I I suppose I have a somewhat controversial take on the argument that occurred just recently. Um, you know, I would think of uh, Daryl Davis, you know, who does make friends with the KKK to get them out of it. And I think that and then, like, oh, yeah. defending the KKK or not that I'm trying to start up an argument, but... I just think in general, we need to lean, you know, particularly if you want to consider yourself on the left, which obviously both you do, um, you both you are, not that you're, you're thinking away. Um, you know, I, I do think we need to lean towards trying to be willing to talk to people and, and find common ground in, in a lot of ways. And I think that another, again, another belief of the left is that people are not beyond redemption, that people can improve, um, and that they're, they're, we can find a better way. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. And, you know, I've, I've been dealing with this recently because I'm in a somewhat liberal uh, group um, that are fans of a particular thing. And, fans um, of what? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, it's, I don't, just get a whole, I'm going to, it's no, a I cruise I'm going on, it's a charter, and there's a lot of liberals in it. And so there's a lot of discussion. And, um, and they're fans of what did you say? Again, I don't want to describe the whole thing. Oh, I just <laughs> literally didn't hear a word you said. Like, I apologize. Anyway, I'm just, just talking with a lot of liberals about who should be invited and be allowed in certain groups and discourse and all. And I, and I was just arguing with people. You know, they were fighting over masking, and because some people want to still do it, and some people are saying it's dumb and and whatever. I don't necessarily even care about the debate. I'm just a matter of if you disagree with somebody to say that they're not allowed to go a particular place and, and or particularly if you're spending money and, and going on vacation or something. I just think that's pretty absurd. And I was getting this argument thrown out to be this um, intolerance paradox. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it. I just think it's the dumbest thing in the world to be like, well, we can't, we can't talk to other people who we disagree with because then we're, we're tolerating their evil and that's how Nazis take over. And it's a very slippery slope argument. And um, I'm really just trying to give a call for reason here in, in general. I don't know. Well, I guess what are your thoughts on all that? Um, I mean, I think, again, this is different from speaking at a rally or with, you know. But, yeah, I'm not trying to get you to change your yeah, yeah. early or anything. but No, I think, in gen- I mean, it's good to talk to people who you disagree with, not write people off. Right. Yeah. So, anyhow. I just want to make a call for that. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Jeff, you there? uh, Unmute. Here I am. (laughs) Um, As far as um, the point of allowing people to speak, it's that same, it's, it's the same argument that if you go on Tucker Carlson to uh, uh, to discuss your point of view on a specific subject, that means you, you're tacitly promoting and approving everything Tucker Carlson says. So that means that if you went to the uh, wage against war rally, that means you support every view every speaker had and that or everybody that attended the rally which is an absolutely ridiculous way to view things. Um, As far as uh, Secretary Blinken and Pompeo, how Blinken looks nervous and Pompeo comes off confident, I don't think it's so much that he's confident. I think Pompeo is just seething with anger that he has to lie. Like, he would rather be able to tell the truth. This is what we're doing. You people shut up. So it's more contempt and anger than confidence on Pompeo's side. Uh, I thought it was, I thought you were going to say it's like more sociopathy. Well, no, he's definitely a psychopath. Yeah. 
or sociopath, psychopath most likely, but yeah. yeah. But I think it's anger. But yeah. All right. Thank. Thanks. Okay, Joe. Hey there. Uh, I'm calling in with a little bit of a left turn, I guess, or like, I don't know, just something I need to rant about. I always find your conversations about media literacy and pointing out how that they manufacture consent uh, fascinating. And so something that I've observed recently that I find disgusting is a few years ago, Reddit did this big purge of like controversial subreddits, you know, watch people die, stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of them are pretty messed up and gross. But fast forward to today, you can get stuff like from Ukraine war report with like people just getting murdered in there on the front page. And you got people in those comment sections just saying the most abhorrent things like cheering on the violence and watching people die. So it's, it's just a horrifying and interesting thing to dissect. And, uh, if you guys have anything to add to that or I'll uh, mute myself and you can go on. Sorry, where was this? Did you say? Where was it that they were posting this? I think it was something Ukraine related. Aaron, did you catch where? I missed what he was referring to. Sorry. Yeah. Can you, are you still there, uh, Joe? Can you repeat what you were referring to? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So just to briefly recap, I find your conversations about media literacy and. No, we um, heard that. Thank you for yeah, that. Okay. And also oh, heard but, your uh, um, Reddit thing. But what's the new, what's the place where they're putting it now? Something about Ukraine? Oh, yeah. Ukraine, Ukraine war report is subreddit or like combat footage. Those things are now always on the front page. And seems. violence against? Uh, in the comments, you see people cheering on. Like, it'll be like, um, you know, Russian tries to surrender and gets right. shot. Yeah. And then you got people in the comments cheering it on. Gross. So, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of russophobia and there's a lot of acceptance of it. Um and as what was that thing when Facebook allowed for um, they were going to allow people wishing death on Russia? Yeah, like it, yeah. it's it's insane to see and but fascinating to dissect. Yeah, very disturbing. And it's just uh, more manufacturing consent and making like normalize the violence and dehumanization of yeah. the folks are supposed to be. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Okay, Rob. Hey, kids. Can you Hello. hear me? Hey, yeah. it's great to be on here. This is kind of a segue from the last guy's thing. Um, it always cracks me up to see guys like Lindsey Graham talking about Russia being tried for their war crimes when, and as the guy before me said, the Ukrainians aren't only committing war crimes, they're documenting them. And Russia is accumulating all these videos and things, and they're going to come back with some serious tribunals. And is Lindsey Graham going to be behind that? <laughs> right. I, you know what I mean? I, I I just, it cracks me up whenever an American politician or spokesman for the government talks about other people committing war crimes when we are the worst purveyors of war crimes on the planet. Right. I guess that's, that's I, 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 I didn't, I guess maybe I didn't have anything to add. I just, my, my take on things. And I just wonder. Obviously, you know, his thing is, well, when Russia loses the war, they're all going to go to jail for war crimes. 
well, Russia's not going to lose the war. Right. So, yeah. So who is anyone going to be? Is Russia going to is Russia going to convict these Ukrainian Nazis? I mean, I hope so. And and what is Lindsey Graham going to say to that? You know, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know what he'd say to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And you guys are great. I watch your show whenever I can get up early enough on Monday morning. Thanks. And if I can't, I always watch it on replay. So thank you guys. And Aaron, you are the man. You are the best journalist going right now. Well, maybe Cy Hirsch, but you, you're right up there. Take Thanks, it easy, Rob. guys. Thanks. All right. Peace. Yeah. Right. Cute dog, Rob. Keep thank dog. you. What kind He's a good boy. He's a Chihuahua Jack Russell Terrier. Really cute. And name? The, his name is Buddy the dog. Any age? He is. He's going to be thirteen. I oh, think wow. he's getting a little old. Yeah, I inherited him from my mom when she passed away. Oh, he's a good boy. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. Yeah. Okay, Brady. Humans, what a beautiful moment to exemplify the difference between legitimate liberals and synthetic progressives who like to criticize from the bench, so to say, you know, and I think a perfect um, thing that we can do right now is take an example from the OSS handbook on simple sabotage of how to ruin or disrupt a movement and do the exact opposite of what is in that handbook. This is the precursor to the CIA. They came out with this um, handbook at the beginning of World War II in an effort to disrupt anti-war efforts before the Second World War. I'm suggesting that we update this manual 80 years into the future and apply it to today by doing the exact opposite of what's on that manual. And I dropped the link in the chat. Oh, great. Thank you. Okay. Talk to Dan. Be sure to talk to Dan, everyone. If anyone needs help talking to Dan, happy to do that. I can, I can be a proxy for Dan as well. If you guys have a question for him, uh, feel free to come at me in the chat and I'll pass the mic. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, Brady. Okay, Cody. Hello. Oh, this is my first time doing this. Sorry for any technical difficulties. Um, okay, yeah, that was a pretty good transition, actually. Um, I was worried I was off topic. I was wondering, because um, I, I, I volunteered for Bernie starting in 2016. My dad naturally called when he was on face the nation and asked if I watched and I said, no, I'll watch Monday morning. So I don't have to watch the whole right. thing. Cause it's terrible. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm wondering, and I, I know this has been addressed and it's just something that frustrates me. I've worked with a bunch of activist movements and followed politics and it's, it's the celebrity culture. And I understand the critique of media and, and the need to reorient media from this celebritizing of politicians and activist figures so that we can actually focus on the issues. But I'm wondering, because it's been so frustrating working with these networks and just seeing so little happen, seeing it being discredited um, or at least ignored by, by much of the media. And I'm wondering what strategies are available to retake the terms of the debate to focus on what we can do as human beings to address all of these different issues that are facing us beyond just pressuring politicians and hoping that activist movements can take some ground. Uh, you know, it's just not my wheelhouse. I don't have any movement strategies um, it, it's, to me, it's the hardest, it's a very challenging thing to organize people. And it takes a kind of commitment and, um, creativity that I don't think I have. So I just, and I don't feel being in the lane I'm in, which is just trying to do journalism and inform people that I have any kind of solid advice about organizing and stuff like that. I just don't. So I defer to people who actually do the, that kind of work. Okay, thank you, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, mainly it's sorry I can't be able Oh no, it's okay. It's just mainly like I, I, I'm I'm really concerned about reorienting the terms of the debate to focus on on um the actual actions we can take to improve things rather than just 
who messed up what and all of those things. And I understand that dominant media gets to control a lot of those terms and a lot of people then have to respond in kind. And is it the rise of alternate media and, and the increasing popularity of podcasts and shows like your guys' Um and do do we just need to be patient or or it, it Yeah, no, totally. I, I, yeah. No media like podcasts in, in media, it's it's not it doesn't solve anything. It can just help provide some alternative sources of information and, and bring on people who have creative ideas. And I'm happy to to promote whoever I can who has them. It's just it's it's difficult. It's like it's like we're all trying to figure this out together, you know, but it's uh it's very hard to be proactive when you spend so much time being reactive to all this injustice and to take the time to to expose the truth. You know, it's it's a lot of work and it takes time. But um, I totally understand the dilemma you raise. It's something that we all confront. Excellent. Thank you, guys. I will yield my time. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Okay, Mike. I was trying Mike. to say one second. Oh, sorry, go ahead, I was muted. I didn't realize. I was like, why is everyone talking over me? But again, I was muted. I would say that uh, pot, like media is important. It's not. It's necessary, but it's insufficient. But I do think that the if you want activism, you have to inform people. So I do think that there's a symbiosis between media and organizing. That's my take. Okay, Mike. Uh, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I wanted to pick up on the um, the platforming issue or who you can ally with or being on the same stage with someone not having to agree with everything. And I brought this up at one point with someone about Liz Cheney on the January 6th commission. And uh, my point was put, to put her as a uh, give her uh, all this free airtime and basically you're just basically um, putting someone out there who, you know, uh, it's like you're using her to just to apparently fight against authoritarianism, whereas everything she stands for <laughs> is authoritarianism. And, uh, you know, and but the, there's no principles anymore. It's like, Either you believe that you shouldn't platform people because of their views or you don't. And if you do, then you can't complain about having uh, right wingers at an anti-war rally, but also put Liz Cheney on a on a supposed support for democracy panel. You know what I'm saying? You understand where I'm coming from? It's like one or the other. And I always see people popping back and forth all the time. They're going to justify having Liz Cheney on this panel for, you know, supporting democracy, but then they're going to complain about certain people that are going to show up at a rally because they don't agree with everything that they they stand for. Because, you know, Liz Cheney stands for things that are totally against what supposedly most of the Democrats on that panel believe in. But, you know, it's just, it's just, just no principle. Everybody just back and forth. It's just tribalism. It's like, Justify something for your side and then fight against some for the other side. And and the craziest part about the U.S. is that both parties are just lockstep in certain things. And then they fight about stuff that really isn't that issue, that much of an issue. You know what I'm saying? Yes, there is. It is sadly in locks, in lockstep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's see. Um, Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Hello. Hello. I uh, Hello. definitely, I definitely enjoyed the uh, Monday morning this morning. Uh, I have to once again thank you guys for watching that direct so that I don't have to, and uh, picking out the highlights for me. Um, I, I also, you know, I, while I did enjoy the, uh, useful idiots episode that dropped on Friday with Chris Hedges, you know, cause I do like Chris Hedges a whole lot. I don't necessarily completely agree with his take there. And some elements had, uh, what I would consider kind of a, 
out of touch, grumpy old man, these woke kids are ruining everything kind of vibe to it without really acknowledging the point that, um, you know, number one, there is a middle ground between, you know, coming out and posturing against that rally to virtue signal and, you know, actually like actively participating and saying there's no other option. You know, it is reasonable considering that a rally is primarily about messaging and, you know, whereas in direct action, you can afford to be a little more utilitarian. It's reasonable for people to ask themselves is participating in this going to help the coalition that I and my organization are trying to build or hinder it and saying, no, I think it's better if I stay away from this. And I don't think there was even any acknowledgement or engagement with that kind of middle ground in his take there. Although, like I said, I agree with a lot of his fundamental points and assumptions that sometimes you do have to make coalition with people you don't entirely agree with. But I don't, yeah, I feel like he kind of straw manned that, that middle ground in, in that take. And, um, you know, I think I've heard you also talk about that middle ground on previous Collins, but I can't remember whether it was useful idiots or your Katie Halper show one, but, um, I think it was on this, I think it was on useful idiots. No, I, I think I probably agree or I probably would have in retrospect brought, should have brought that up. Um, I had read his piece and he talks about veterans for peace. I think not going, um, I may be wrong about the organization and he didn't criticize them, but that is true. I mean, I think that, um, yeah, and then, of course, the question of, like, what defines wokedom? But <clears throat> I guess maybe I didn't push back on it too hard because in the piece he didn't vilify the organizations that didn't um, take part. But he and but he did, I guess, think that probably Code Pink shouldn't have not allowed Medea you know, to speak officially. But I do, I, what I, I think you're right that there's, you can make strategic choices and make arguments, strategic arguments, it doesn't necessarily mean you're virtue signaling. Although I think a lot of the people who are critical of the rally were doing that, but there are, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like, I didn't necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily always like, uh, you know, the right place in an interview to, to push back on things like that. It was certainly good to hear his perspective on it. Uh, and you guys did a, a good job, you know, getting him to elaborate on things, but, in that particular instance, like, I feel like he let his frustration get the better of him in that particular aspect of it was, I think, uh, at least a little bit beneath the standards that he set for himself. But, you know, you know, I guess everybody's entitled to that once in a while. Yeah. Especially if you got a track record like his. Yeah. I anyway, that, oh, oh, one more more quick thing, if I could, uh, I was told there was going to be, uh, an interview with Brianna on your Patreon and you know yeah, how I love it when dropped. you two team up. Yeah. We haven't dropped it yet. That'll be coming this week. All right. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Oh God. A lot of people just came in. Okay. Uh, Ned. Hi, Ned. Unmute yourself, please. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been to Ukraine a, a few times, and I was pretty surprised when I went there. Um, one of the first things a taxi driver said to me is how proud he was to be patriotic. He had become a good Nazi. And um, it, it, it really opened my eyes to the perspective that they have over there. They really see those two as one and the same. And... Um, Another eye-opener I had over there was a, a friend right after. This This is when I really started to open my eyes. Uh, Crimea got taken by Russia. I emailed her really quickly to make sure she was okay, and she told me, things are actually wonderful now. What are you talking about? Like um, like I was the one who was clueless. And um, it, it's pretty interesting what an incorrect perspective we have. But I, I remember when I was over there, I saw a lot of swastikas and, and the whole – issue of of the nazi regime is is really getting overlooked and so is um the fact that this is really about the the freedom of the people of nova russia and the genocide that they're going through and 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 people just really have a, the wolves pull over their eyes and, and i think that 
knowing these types of things is important in, in order for us to unite is to really know the history of what's gone on over there in Donbass and Odessa and, and, um, and Crimea. Well, I think that's what Aaron tries to do with his writing, not to speak for him. <clears throat> yeah, he does a really good job. He's great to follow. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. I'll send you your payment after the show ends. Yeah. You got okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, Amanda. Good morning. So I just, I just wanted to make an observation about the... Uh, Rage Against the War Machine rally that I attended in San Francisco yesterday, um, which was this. Somebody who I know who, because I, she, they have been to um, uh, other anti-war protests, but the person said to me, I'm not here, but they still came to give their body for the mass of people that were there. But they were very clear to me that they were not there because they objected to the libertarians that were that were there. Mm. And and I just found it kind of interesting because when I was an elected official, there were a lot of times where my personal opinion had to be subordinate to what the board decided as a majority. And so I would be speaking for only myself if I was going to say something separate from what the board had decided, right? So this is a person saying, look, I'm part of organizations who usually show up at these things. The one that I belong to is not endorsing this, so I'm not here for that. I'm here because I'm a person. Yeah, I think it's hard to um, just uh, not refuse to work with libertarians. I mean, there are big group and there are things that they're right on. So as Chris said in the interview, like he wouldn't go to a rally calling for the end of the welfare state that that libertarians held. There's just overlap here. Yeah. And I, I think that's important. And, and I'm glad that people have been addressing that issue because I think this is one of the times when we need to be able to understand when we need to be the person that's a part of a group that's doing something. And that what we do reflects on that group. And there's times when if that group's not doing what we what we think personally by our ethics needs to happen, then then we can separate ourselves from the group. But we should still be participating. If it's anti-war, it's anti-war. That's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting me say that. I appreciate I appreciate both of you for what you do. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, uh, Jenny. I second what Amanda just said and applaud her big heartedness. Um, Michael Tracy's over in Munich this week. Did you guys know that? I did not. I did he, know that. He got, yes, I did know that. He, he, he's asking, I just he's dropped a link people, in the chat from his Twitter. He's been asking he, uh, senators there about uh, Cy Hirsch's reporting. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to talk about because he got right in their faces. Have you heard of it? Several of them said no. They had not even read it or heard about it, yeah. which I don't know what kind of a rock you need to live under to not notice it. But they claimed that they didn't. And um, think, no, the sad thing is, I don't think you do have to live under rock because it's been so buried. But yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, he is over there kind of like being a provocateur with his style of journalism. I dropped a link in the chat chat to his Twitter feed if anybody wants to take a look. Um, I've been so proud of him because as an independent journalist, he's over there doing the work that needs to be done, at least exposing the hypocrisy and uh, asking what I believe are the right questions. Um, but to Amanda's point, I think if someone has comfortably called themselves a neocon for the last few decades and has all of a sudden flipped and has seen the light, I think even that person should be welcomed in, said yes. We'd like to have you join us against this thing because many people have not seen it very clearly until this war. And so I just think we all need to stand up and say, you know, it needs to stop, ask the right questions and be willing to rally. I hope these rallies go on weekly until it's all over. 
But, um, you know, I coming from the right as a conservative activist who comfortably called myself a neocon for many years, who because of my relationships with people like Amanda, um, I have changed my views. And we have to really have the big heartedness to say that's okay. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I don't know what the, I don't think like morally or strategically, we cannot let people in, especially if they used to be something. Yeah. And I mean, I organized events, you know, pro-troop, pro-Iraq war events in my locations and very comfortably. And I had brother, a brother who was there serving and I felt like I was doing good work supporting the troops. And, you know, coming from my background, I thought of leftist activists as idiots and I disavowed and I even hated a little bit, I'll admit, because I felt like they were putting my brother in danger. But I but I've completely flipped. And we have to have to allow people to evolve yeah. in their views. Agree. By the way, speaking of Iraq and war um and Afghanistan, I'm having Pat Tillman's mother on my show tomorrow night. Oh, awesome. Mary Tillman, yeah. I bet she has some things to say. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking my call, guys. Good work. Thank you. Okay. Let's see. Who we got next? Uh, Rob. Hi, Rob. Unmute yourself, please. Unmute yourself by um, hitting the uh, mic icon. Um, the mic icon uh, at the bottom of your screen, I believe. Oh, okay, Rob, we'll come back to you. Also, we heard from you already, so I want to prioritize the other people. So, William. <clears throat> How are you doing, Katie? And the... Uh, and the... Aaron, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Hi. Well, I, I just tuned into your show, so someone may have covered this, but uh, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, shortly after the Nord Stream being uh, destroyed, implicated the U.S. government uh, pro- to proxy, possibly. He wasn't certain, but he did cover it, and I think he mentioned possibly off of Poland, where we have over 40,000 troops, maybe, there was a helicopter drop of some um, underwater unmanned type um, submarine or something or, or divers. Has, has that been covered today? No, we covered the Cyher stuff on our Thursday throwdown. Okay. So, yeah, but you're aware of Jeffrey Sachs, right? Professor Jeffrey yeah, Sachs. I've, I've had him on my show, the Katie Halper show, and Aaron and Max had him on um, the Gray Zone. Yeah, of course. So, so Cy Hurst has a little different take on it, but it, it's a continuum of a sense. There's a lot of common things in both reports, no? That, that both gentlemen put out there. Am I mistaken or do I have that right? Uh, regarding Jeffrey Sachs, Cy Hurst, I think Scott Ritter also implicated the, um, the U.S. in, in his reporting on it. They, they all did, yeah. They all did. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? How the denial can be so thick through the mainstream media. They could, and, and so many people still, like you said, that I guess even with all these other voices, it's not hitting the masses, right? Yeah. I mean, pretty shocking. Well, he's got like, he's been like literally talked over or cut off Jeffrey Sachs for saying what he says. Oh, I know. Doesn't he have great expressions he have on his face yeah. when that happens though? Yeah. <laughs> He's so animated. Um, I mentioned to Aaron yesterday, the Smith Munt, M-U-N-D as in David T, Modernization Act of 2012. Are you familiar with that, Katie? No. Ah, so okay, real quick, cause now you got another caller. Okay. So what that did was it lifted the, the, prohibition on um, the State Department using media to propagandize the American public. The Smith-Munt Act was passed in 1948, 
Because, you know, through our overseas broadcast, we've been propagandizing, especially in times of war, always. You know what I mean? Overseas. Right. Well, but it, it, the 1948 Act, the smith Bond Act, prohibited that, hap, that supposedly our government propagandizing us, the domestic population. Okay? So put a, now the, the Modernization Act, unusual name, right? Lifted the ban on that domestic propaganda. So if you study that, you'll see. And so what that says is what? Since 2012, Obama signed it. The State Department can work through mainstream media or movies or whatever media form they want, news to propagandize us. Like it's baked into the, to the National Defense Authorization, blah, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2013. Check it out. It's an amendment that's in there. You'd be like, what? <laughs> Let me know what you think. I'll call back again. See if you guys research that. See what you come up with. I talk, mentioned to Aaron at the end of his show yesterday. He had to go and he, and, and he was like, well, you know, of course, with the Twitter files and everything we're seeing and uh, what we know what happened in Facebook when uh, Zuckerberg um, said to Joe Rogan he's taking orders or something, that it's it's coming through um, private corporations, of course, and advertising dollars and its influence. You know what I mean? It but, wasn't explicit about taking orders, but it was about uh, listening to, yeah, or being asked, yeah. Something of that nature, yeah. 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 Well, thanks for taking my call today. Good talking to you. Thanks, William. You're welcome. Bye now. Lance. Hi, Lance. Hey, Katie, Aaron. Always a pleasure. Um, I want <clears throat> I wanted to ask about the um, the rally. The, that's what the topic is, right? Well, it's not. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a topic, but it's become one, which is fine. Well, I just one quick question about that is, was this kind of a one shot? Let's just get out there and make a statement, or is this part of a strategic, like you know, let's get what's like? Is there an, is there a plan B now? Is there a next phase to this? Or I, as someone who wasn't involved in it, I don't act, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, oh, okay, I, okay. You weren't involved in it because um, you're that's like your thing. I mean, is foreign policy. Your thing is everything, but you know you do so much with foreign policy and Palestinian cause. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm wondering why. I mean, I like I, that tagline. My, my thing is everything. Yeah, it's good. That's a good tagline. Uh, and that's where we're gonna wrap the show today, Lance. Thank well, you for calling. Oh, I we appreciate geez. your call. And uh, that's well, all the time we have. So yeah, thanks I everybody mean, for tuning in, and we will see you. Next time, go to usefulness.substack.com for more. I'll, I'll stay on just for a couple more minutes because we have one more caller, and I'll, I'll just react to, to Lance for a little. But you, you can go, Aaron. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah. So that's – I don't know the answer to that. Um, we'll see. Maybe Tara knows. Um, I think she's traveling now or else I'd invite her to speak. Uh, okay, Nestor, and then we're done. Hi, Nestor. Hey, hey, hey. I uh, hope you guys are having a happy Monday morning. Um, I, I just watched the show, and uh, it, was so, it was so funny how uh, Kamala looked like, uh, I, I don't know, I think you've seen Star Wars, right? Like the prequels, when Anakin Skywalker turns to Darth Vader. Uh, she, yeah, look like that. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a, like a female Anakin Ooh. Skywalker, Darth Vader. Who and looked she, like that? Uh, Kamala, like with the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She she had like a all black uh, outfit, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. She looked like she's been training her her Sith. Uh, her, she's been undergoing Sith training. That's why we haven't seen her in a while, right? So, <laughs> so now she has more force power or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, this, this is just they're just characters of like villains now. You know, like they they're literally like. Putting on the costumes and everything. Uh, also, another another series that reminds me of just watching these people like uh, Lindsey Graham, you know, speak about human violations and this and that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Dark Crystal, uh, Age of Resistance, like, um, and also the original. Uh, 
I saw what's the original. It's uh Dark it's a, Crystal. Yeah, it's just called Dark Crystal. Oh no, I saw the labyrinth. I'm confusing that. Yeah. Uh you you but you know which one I'm talking about? Uh yes. Yeah, it's on Netflix where you know with the I guess the they use real puppets or like animatronic puppets and stuff like that. Yeah, got you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know the. Uh, I feel like you know, like this, the Skissy. I think it'll call the Skissy the bad guys, the like the vulture-looking uh, uh, monsters. Uh, they they just represent like the way. If you go watch that show, it's on Netflix. Like anyone can watch it. If you go watch it, and the way those monsters talk, it's like you can pair it almost word for word the way that. Lindsey Graham talks and the rest of Congress, all these pro-war uh, and and pro wanting to to end the world, like they 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 almost sound so similar, so um, it's you so surreal. Do, video. <clears throat> do that. Do a video. Well, like on YouTube or what? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like it's a Netflix property. I don't know how that would work. Uh, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. I've never done like a YouTube video in that nature. So like, you would probably have better uh, luck. Well, in edit doing... it and send it to me. Uh, yeah, it's just on Netflix. Just look up uh, Dark Crystal, Age right. of Resistance, and uh, uh, you'll you'll see. It's just so surreal. Like it's so like it's creepy, you know. And in, in some ways, it's like real creepy. Like like oh my god, <laughs> like uh, these people like really. Do they have a psychosis of being villains or like what's going on, right? Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, thank you, Katie, for taking my call. I know I came thank in you. late. Oh, no worries. And uh, so apparently they're planning another ra- uh, mar- uh, march in March, another rally in March. So, all right. Well, guys, thank you so uh, much for coming into this, Colin. Uh, come to my show tomorrow at 7 p.m. EST. If you want to hear from uh, Pat Tillman's mother, Pat Tillman, of course, uh, the uh, football player who uh, was killed uh, in friendly fire and who was uh, been whitewashed a bunch, um, whose death, sorry, whose death has been whitewashed a bunch and who was uh, honored, mentioned at the Super Bowl. So he's back in the news. So we're going to get to the bottom of what happened. And, um, of course, subscribe to usefulidiots.substack.com, usefulidiots.locals.com, and um, youtube.com slash usefulidiots. Uh, rate and review the podcast, and we will see you here next week. Bye, everyone.